And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Kayfabe Corner. I'm your host, JPO, Jordan Persons. And I'm joined by one of my favorite people. I wish I could hug you, but I can't because we're over online now. The Puerto Rican Hound Dog. Hound Dog, how are you? I'm good, brother. Just missing, uh, like I was saying earlier, missing uh, professional wrestling, missing my buddies, missing the fans. You know how it is, you know? Yeah, man, uh, crazy weird times, man. When's the last time you were able to be at a show now? Uh, I want to say, oh, my God, I think February. Uh, I went to West Virginia, wrestled in West Virginia for Florida Extreme Entertainment. And, uh, yeah, I think that was the last show. Yeah, I was able to squeak one out in about mid-March, and yeah, so it's it's been a few months for most of us here, man, so who knows, man, I try to stay optimistic, that optimism word is wearing on me, but I'm going to try to stay optimistic, and hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. I can see that smiling face and many others pretty soon, but who knows, man, I don't know. Uh, let, let's start off with a little bit happier notes, let's get back in the time machine, let's go back to the origin story. Uh, when did you first uh, find wrestling, even as a fan? Were you a fan? Yes, I was a fan. Just like many people, I was a fan since a kid. Um, like, I remember watching, uh, like, when I lived in Puerto Rico, uh, we had a lot of the local wrestling, like Carlos Colon. Uh, this name might get me some heat in the wrestling world, but the Invader, number one, which a lot of people don't like him, you know, uh, Greats like Bruiser Brody, Salvio Vega, which is back there known as Tenete, Abdullah the Butcher, and then that's all the Puerto Rico stuff. But in my luck, my parents thought it was very good to get um, uh, to get cable, and we were able to see TBS and watch. Uh, was it Saturday Night Main Event? I think it was. No, not Saturday Night Main Event. What was it? Um, the WCW one. Uh, was Saturday Night. Saturday Night. Yeah. Yeah, it was a WCW Saturday night, whatever. And we started, we just got to watch a lot of like, you know, watch Ric Flair, uh, Steamboat, you know, them guys. And uh, just a little bit of everything from then, you know. I did get to see, uh, sometimes you get lucky at like 12 o'clock midnight, you see at, uh, you know, WWF, you know, the whole, uh, you know, Saturday night, uh, Saturday main event, but you'd see it like Sunday at 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever, because it was just, it was, uh, we, we put it on channel and it was in Spanish. So I had to, I wouldn't be able to hear like Jim Ross or them guys. You'd hear like Carlos Cabrera and Hugo Savinovich, you know? Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much how I got to introduce it to wrestling, just watching it on ma- mainly Puerto Rican wrestling, you know? Who, who's your number one guy? Who, who really drew your attention? Um... I, I'm going to say that back in my time, um, we got all that old school wrestling, but the one that, and it's funny, the one that I, since the first time I saw him, I was hooked, hooked even more, was Owen Hart. Uh, he is probably to my, and I, and I know people are probably like, uh, I think he is probably the best wrestler in the history of wrestling. Uh, just because the way he did things, he can, he can get heat, he can uh, look good, he can be flashy, and then at the same time, you know, just be so technically sound in the ring. It was just always phenomenal to see the stuff he could do, you know? Don't get me wrong, there's always been other guys, you know? I, I, I love Steamboat, I love Macho Man, you know, again, Flair's like, you know, I'm, Flair is great, all these guys are great, but 
if I had to say uh, that, that one of the guys drew me that made me want to even become a wrestler was Owen Hart. Ah, that's a good pick, man. No, no argument here about the love of Owen. Um, so when do, when do you start to actually get into business? Was that always a plan for you? Uh, when does the ball, ball start rolling while you actually getting into the business? Uh, with that, it wasn't ever a thing of I wanted to be a wrestler. Um, it was uh, uh, people knew I was a fan, and they was like, oh, you should be a wrestler. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, um, and uh, I moved to New York. Uh, originally, I'm from the Bronx. I'm from, from New York or the Bronx. And uh, my friends that I have there, the ones I had there at the moment, were all wrestling fans. And they knew my love for it. And they were like, oh, my God, you know, you're a big dude. Like, you're, you're not small. You should try it. You should try it. I ended up having to go back to Puerto Rico. And when I went there, I I was working at a restaurant called Luby's. And uh funny thing is I met Diamond Dallas Page and his wife there. My name was Kimberly. I didn't like her wife, so it didn't matter to me at the moment. It was Diamond Dallas Page, you know? Um, and we're talking for like maybe 10 minutes. And he goes, well, brother, that's what you want to do. Do it, you know? I'm, I'm, I was 39 when I started or whatever, you know? I'm an older man and I... I did it. You're young, so if you're gonna do it, do it now. It's better for you. You have a longer tenure. So then I said, "All right, well, cool." You know, I have this guy doing it. So then I, I found a guy that uh, used to come to Loopies also to local wrestler. Uh, used to come to Loopies a lot to to eat and hang out after the shows in Puerto Rico. And his name was he's uh, called the Canadian Glamour Boy Shane, but a lot of people remember him from TNA as Shane Sewell, the ref. The blonde Canadian ref that you know when he got mad he took off his shirt and started beating up Davari or even Booker T and stuff. Uh, that's who I who told me where to go, and I started at one school. Uh, yeah, and it was just it was it wasn't what I wanted at the moment, so I stopped again. I stopped. I was like, I'm like, I can't. This is not for me. And then someone else said, Yo, there's another guy who's closer to you and probably better, and his name is uh, Ricky Pine or Ricky Star. A guy from Puerto Rico who, who blessedly had worked around the world, and he was my 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 official uh, sensei, you know, master teacher, you know, whatever you want to call him, a coach, you know, yeah. Very nice. No, I've always liked. Uh, uh, in Florida, we would get IWA Puerto Rico, so I know very much for the Glamour Boy. <laughs> uh, when where, where, where any names before the Hound Dog, or where does that come from? So when I first started, um, the, my teacher Ricky uh, or Pino, we call him Pino. I'll just I'll just refer to him as Pino. Um, everyone who knows Ricky Pino, they, they anyone who has known Ricky Pino, he loves being called Pino. I don't know why, but that's his nickname. That's the, we'll stick to that. Uh, Pino, um, he when he first started training me, he, he I literally only trained for a month with him, and he got me in the ring. And uh, my original wrestling name was uh, the Big Bad Boy. Uh, in regards to the name, I hated it. I still hate it, and it's probably the dumbest name I could have ever had. Um, mind you, people loved it. They popped for it. So whatever they liked worked. I didn't like it. Uh, I ended up, uh, after my time with, uh, CH Sport and Ricky Pino, um, I went to start doing branching out for myself like you're supposed to. Uh, and uh, because now I have a chance to be to pick something I think is cool or whatever, 
uh, I went to this one company and they were like, what's your name? And I was like, oh, I don't have one. Uh, give me a second. I, I, I never thought that far, you know, because I really did it, you know. It, the guy who trained me was like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to compare him to Vince, but pretty much this is your gimmick. Make it work. It's yours. That's it. I gave it to you. That's it. You could have, there was no fighting it. There's no changing it. That's your gimmick. Um, so to have an opportunity to come up with something was like non, what's the word I'm looking for? Non realistic in my book, you know? So I had to, I'm, I'm sitting there and it's funny because I was, we, we were all marks when we start wrestling. <laughs> and I had the Tough Enough CD for like the second season of Tough Enough. And I'm looking through it and there was a group, I forgot the name of the, the song, but the group's name were The Hound Dog. So I said, oh, I'm the hound dog. And the guy goes, okay, we'll use that. And then that's how the hound dog came about. Um, mind you, that's in literally 2002. So it's a long, it has a long uh, time. <laughs> and, and you've been the hound dog ever since? Pretty much, I've been the hound dog ever since 2002. Uh, until recently that I've... I've changed a little bit the character and changed the name. It's still a dog, just not Hound Dog. But everyone knows me as Hound Dog, and I think it's just going to stick no matter what I do. Tell me a little bit more about the character. As you said, I mean, at times it was very dog-like. How would you explain the character of the Puerto Rican Hound Dog? Well, originally, the original character of Hound Dog was never supposed to be dog-like. It was never supposed to be barking, snipping off people's butts, peeing, biting, you know, all that. It was... uh. Originally, it was pretty much a breakdown of, like, uh, K-Dog, Conan. You know, uh, a guy who, who was coming out there from the streets, blah, blah, blah. That was the style, though. In 2002, it, you, you either were a muscle guy or you were a rapper or a street rocker. Like, that's the way it was in, in Puerto Rico. So I was trying to go with the rap look, you know. It was something that was starting to pick up. A lot of guys I knew were doing this. I was like, hey, what the hell, you know? And that's how it started. Uh I had a tryout with IWA, and uh, it was still Hound Dog, but just, it was still the, this Hound Dog, you know, um, and they loved it, whatever or not, but then when I officially started in IWA, uh, one of my, my great mentors, uh, uh, Bushwhacker Luke, pulled me aside and goes, mate, mate, fuck that Hound Dog rap shit gimmick, mate. This is what you're gonna fucking do. Word for word. Get yourself a big bone. We'll cut up a shirt, make sure it has a dog, some jeans, and that's it. Come back to the show next time. Okay, sir. Whatever you want. That's what I did. Uh unfortunately the bone, there's a story about the bone, and uh it was supposed to be a, a, a regular thing, but uh this hound dog now is smarter than the hound dog of then. Uh, and uh, the reason I say that is because I was I never thought about going to Walmart and buying a big old marrow bone that they sell and I went to a butcher shop and bought a real bone uh, unfortunately because I was financially struggling at the time I literally got it the day I needed it so instead of me like finding a way to get all the meat off of it it still had meat on it I was just gonna I was just going to use it like that and then figure out how to get all the meat out later. Uh, and on my way to the show, the the car I was driving at the time, 
uh, the transmission completely went on it. And it was like a four hour drive. So I'm halfway to the venue and now I'm stuck in some town in fucking Puerto Rico. And I can't make it to the show. So they pick me up and one of the guys sees me pushing my car, stops and helps me out, gives me a ride all the way to the show. Uh, which is which is a thing. Uh, Miguel Perez, actually, one of the Bariquas, which is awesome. Uh, I forgot my bone. So it stayed in the back of my car for like a week. Uh, by the time I got the bone back, my car my car smelled like rotten meat. Uh, the bone, thank God, I had put it in a bag. So it was just all rotten, rotten meat. Um, and uh, they asked me to still bring it in after I, had got, I was going to get rid of it, and I had it outside of my house, thrown outside, he said, bring it in anyway. And when I brought it, as I walked into the building, Savio turned me around and said, get the fuck out with that bone and get rid of it because it's, it smells bad. <laughs> so there went the bone. You know, no more bone for how long in Puerto Rico and IWA. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> Poor Bone. Tell me a little bit more about the uh, the Puerto Rican scene. You know, tell me about that fan base and the culture of it. You know, because it's interesting. Um, you know, you so, Puerto Rico. Uh, when I was blessed to be there in '04 and wrestle, uh, not so much the Indies. The Indies are just like they are here, uh, except they're louder. They're louder. Like Florida wrestling is. I don't care what anyone says. Wrestling is. Phenomenal everywhere you go. Uh, in Puerto Rico, people still believe it to the point that you might get told that they're going to kill you. Uh, I've gotten told several times that people were going to catch me in my car and stab me to death. So guess what? I left before the show was over. <laughs> you know, I'm a tough guy, and I could fight. Uh, but I don't know if I could fight against several guys at once and beat them, you know? Uh, I've had old ladies come at me with uh, with high heel shoes to hit me, uh, umbrellas. I've had people throw bottles at me. This is all in Puerto Rico. Uh, this is just the Indies. Uh, when I was blessed to be at IWA, um, it was the most energetic place I've ever been to. Um, when I'm telling you that you had crowds of seven, eight, 15,000 people in certain places and it's just that many people. It's phenomenal. Um, like like I said, the energy is off the chain. And if you're a bad guy, like usually I was, uh, it was even better because you get away, obviously you get away with murder and people would freaking eat it up and want to kill you and you know, but they would give you respect at the end of the day when you left, you know, which is a good thing. Now, now, now that you get a little more respect, uh, and I'm telling you from a standpoint of me being a big guy doing the stuff I, I can do, and I pull it out here and there, and they would be like, oh, my God, I, I hate that guy, but he's so good, and the stuff he does is phenomenal. Like, how many 300-pounders do backflips like that, you know? Um, it's, just, it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's, it's a good uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, area to be in, you know, back then. Uh, as the last time I was in Puerto Rico, the crowds are still hot. It's just not as, uh, just like everywhere, it just stuff declined a little bit. It's not as, it's not as uh, impactful as it used to be, but still, it get, it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, you know, again, wrestling is wrestling, and 
everywhere you go, people like it. I don't care who says that they don't. The people that don't like it, they'll sit there and say, well, how the hell is that? They'll watch it anyway. So the way it is in Puerto Rico is the same way as everywhere else, you know? Oh, speaking of other places, too, I know you went to uh, England a while back. Tell me about that, man. How was, uh, how was the UK? Uh, number one, I have only traveled in the U.S., so to have a chance to go to the U.K. was probably uh, – and to do it for wrestling. It's, one thing is you're going to do something, whatever, you go on vacation, but to do something that you love to do and you get a chance to go somewhere like that is phenomenal. Um, the promoter's name was Sanjay Baga. Uh, I, people have every, – every promoter, every owner has their reservations. If I had to say I had to go back and work for this guy again, I would. Um, he treated me with so much respect. Uh, let's just uh, he let's just say that it's it's a phenomenal experience. The crowds are hot. Uh, it is a culture shock in the way the guys, some of the guys work, but they have these two different styles that that, that mesh really really well with the American style, you know. Um, Let's just say, though, uh, it's great because professional wrestlers have so many stories of everywhere they go. So sometimes it's kind of hard to just not remember certain things and not mention it. Um, when I got to, to England, the guy saw me. He was impressed by the hair. And he's like, oh, this guy's a big guy, whatever, whatnot. Uh, I had my first match with his, with his champion then, then called Alan Travis. Oh, I'm sorry, Alan Lee Travis. Great guy very good England competitor. Um, but after my match, he saw me work. And when I got to the back, he was blown away. Uh, he was like, uh, fuck, mate. I didn't I didn't book you because you can work, but I'm glad that you can. I'm sitting there going, what did you book me for? He's like, well, I booked you because of your hair. It's all crazy. I'm sitting there like, so he's like, it's such, it's so good to know that I, I made a decision because of your appearance. And then, not only do you look a certain way and it's interesting and England doesn't have that, but you can actually work too. It's fucking phenomenal. And, and that's just been like one of the stories, you know, he just like, he loved me in that ring. The first time he saw me, he was like, oh, this guy's phenomenal, you know? Um, and it's great to hear that stuff. At least, at least me, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. I don't think I'm as good as I am or I think I need work. I think I suck half the time. And uh, to have guys that see me and go, oh, my God, that guy was phenomenal. That guy works so well. You know, he looks crazy. He's demented. But, oh, my God, he he's he does such great things in the ring. It just makes you feel good, you know? Uh, you mentioned a little bit before. I got to ask you, man. Where is the hair? What happened to the hair? So while I was working with uh, a company, again, the same one I went to West Virginia with, uh, or, or was it West Virginia, Virginia? Oh, yeah. Um, Florida Extreme Entertainment, uh, uh, I had a hair versus career match. And as you can see, no hair. So <laughs> there's the hair. <laughs> oh, poor hair. You also mentioned before uh, having some fun as a heel. I know you, of course, too, as a lovable baby face. Any preference? Do you like me that you're able to do both? Or, or what do you enjoy doing? Um... On a personal level, I like being an asshole. I like people hating my guts. And then I like being able to also make them love me. So I, I don't I have a preference. Now, um, I was told by several guys in the business itself, uh, uh, to name a few, um, Cahagas, 
the Tokyo Monster Kahegis, Pablo Marquez. Uh, and I know, like, there's a lot of controversy with Pablo, but we're going to talk about something totally different, you know? Um, uh, off of the Wild Samoan, uh, his kids, like all the other Samoans, Lloyd, Lloyd and I are really smooth. I've had people, you know, um, Mil Muertes or Banderas, Banderas, guys like that tell me you're a pleasure to work with as a face or a heel. Uh, as a heel, because I can be aggressive, and, but as a face, because I know where to be at. I know what I need to do. I make them look better every time. And like I said before, certain things you need to hear as a, as a worker, because sometimes, sometimes you think you're that good and you're not. And then sometimes you're that good, but you think you suck so bad. And then they tell you, hey, you're phenomenal. Everything you do is crisp, whatever or not, you know. And uh, like I said, it's good to hear that. You know, um, I prefer, I just prefer working. Uh, face, heel, don't care. I have fun. And that's pretty much what I want to do. I just want to work. I want to be able to put good quality matches. I want people to remember my legacy, you know. Um, I want people to remember that I can actually do this and I can go. I can, uh, you know, it's pretty much it. Now, something that I've seen you do as well, of course, is pass on the knowledge, and I've seen you help train some people. Do you enjoy kind of being a little bit of a teacher now, or a little bit of a someone that has you know years of knowledge and you can pass it on? Um, I've, I've, as you know, I've had a few students that have been actually at Real Pro, uh, and pretty much worked around Florida a little bit. Uh, as you remember, Rome, uh, Cuban to Taino. Richie Pepperfield, uh, heck, even at ACW right now, you have sometimes there's a midget, Little J. Those are all my guys. Um, they've been able to grasp more info from everywhere else, but those are my guys. And I love teaching. I, I, I've been told that I'm very good at teaching because I explain stuff well, you know, but I just love the business itself and being able to teach people what wasn't taught to me because it took a few years for, for me to understand a lot of stuff in the ring. And it took other guys, not even my, my main teachers. It took a guy like Chris Candido to sit me down and say, hey, this is how a match is supposed to look. What you did was beautiful. You do a lot of great moves, but there's no storytelling. There's nothing there. It's just move for move for move. You know, have a guy like that. Um, have a guy like... Uh, uh, Oh my God, Marcus Falk or New York Hit Squad or or he's on WXW Sugar. Do the same thing. Explain to me. Kind of give me a rundown of what a match is supposed to look like. Is is awesome because now I'm better. I can do what I can do. I'm stronger at what I do. And I can then pass that knowledge to all the other guys that are looking for that knowledge to be better and to excel, you know? Absolutely. What are some of the favorite matches you've had? Who have you really clicked with and you've gone, wow, I did something special there? Uh, I think wrestling-wise, I probably can say I've had so many matches. It's been great. Um, I got three matches off, or four matches that I could say that always, uh, always remember. It always makes me remember that I was actually, I'm actually good. Uh, I was told a lot in this business before I even made it to TV and stuff that I sucked, that I didn't belong in the business, that I couldn't hack it. Uh, you know, a lot of people get that that they, they, they do the calling out stuff. I, I don't I don't necessarily think I need to call anyone out. 
I'm actually going to do the opposite. I'm going to thank them for being dicks. I'm going to thank them for, for saying that I'm that bad. Because at the end of the day, I showed I was actually that good. Uh, that fueled my fire to actually be better. Um, with that being said, I've wrestled in Puerto Rico. Like I said, Bill Muertes. I had three phenomenal matches with him. And that's the reason I had the job I had in IWA. I wrestled a guy there also called Chicana. And he was able to put me over and at the same time tell the guys in the back, that kid's good. He can make it. Um, I'm going to say Shane Sewell, also the Puerto Rico match. Uh, that was great matches. It's just, they were solid and I learned so much of it. And then one of my favorite, 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 it's going to be one of my all time favorites. I've had great matches. Uh, my first time wrestling Rome. Uh, it was his, I want to say, third match in, fourth match in. Um, and uh, we had a, with the first match out. And we set a good tone. And these are two big guys, and I mean big guys, hitting each other and doing stuff in the ring. And like me, I'm doing stuff I'm not supposed to do. And then Rome doing some of the stuff that he was doing, even when he first started, was great. So those are those are my my uh, my matches that I would like remember and always like that. Very nice, very nice. Uh, both past and present. What are some of your favorite promotions, favorite locker rooms to be in? Okay, so past promotion, IWA is probably one of the funnest locker rooms because it wasn't about, it wasn't about, no one No one was not important. Everyone in that locker room was important. Everyone. From the front guys that came in to the last guy that left, it was important. Um, WXW, uh, Real Pro. Real Pro, I, I honestly, I love working Real Pro. And not because it's Utah, it's just because I love working Real Pro. It's just it's hard for me financially to get over there. If not, I'd be there every show. Um, uh, I want to say vintage, which is just was always good. And the guys there always trying to teach me stuff. Even though I've been there for a while, they, they taught me a lot. Um, and that's about it. You know, see, those are the, the, the best locker rooms I've been in. So. Very nice. What are some of the guys that, you know, Puerto Rico, here in Florida, who did you not get a chance to work with? Where you're like, oh man, I'm, I I missed out, and you wish you could get a chance with. I would love a chance with a few of the guys uh, in Puerto Rico. I would love to have worked uh, Apollo, the Le the Leon Apollo. He was I remember he was in TNA. I would have loved to work him once or twice. Um, him, maybe the Colognes, because uh, I did work with Carlos for a little bit. Not a big fan of WWC. Uh, but uh, yeah, I worked there for a bit. Um, so the Colognes, Apollo here, I would have loved to get a chance to work. And even though he's also from Puerto Rico, Mecca Wolf, 450. Uh, at some point, I want to get a match with Vertigo and Zach Monstar. Because I think Zach and I can tear it up a little bit and have some fun. You know, uh, make both of those happen. <laughs> oh, we could, we could. Um, there's there's so many here that I would love to get a chance to work with. A good job, a good match with John Davis. I'll get my head taken off for to work John Davis, you know. <laughs> oh, I would love one chance, and I don't know if he's working or not still, or what are you doing. But I would love to work against Simon Says because it'd be probably the funniest and awesome match ever. <laughs> 
I mean, those, those are always some great ones, man. And all, all of those are pretty doable, too. So, uh, I just let's make some of those happen. Um, where, where, do you, where do you see yourself in about five years, man? Are you still plugging away? Where, where, where do you see yourself? Well, as of right now, my uh, it's a little known secret to some of the boys that I've gotten to talk to that I've been training my son. Uh, my son has been getting into it, uh, my son Damien, uh, and he's already shown me that he's going to definitely be better than me, thank the Lord, because if you're better than me, then you might have a better chance. Uh, but in five years, you know, I would like to just be able to at least maybe pull some more shows, and I don't know, I'm 40 right now, 41, I just turned 41 last month, um, and five years, I can see myself working at least around 50. So I think uh, I think after the, after a few food years, I want to make sure my school's set up and start getting students out and teaching them not only the way of wrestling that, that was taught to me, but at the same time teaching them all about respect and doing what they need to do. You know, I, I feel that a lot of people, and I'm not, and I'm not dogging any schools, I just been around a lot of boys that are that are disrespectful in this business still, and they forget that uh, people deserve respect. It's not just about who trained you. I can be trained by freak. I can be I can be from the performance center. You know what I'm saying? I could be a guy came out of the performance center, but but at the end of the day, if I don't have no self respect for me, then I'm not going to respect everyone else in this business. And guess what? Everyone here deserves respect. We all put our work in when we do it. Some guys think that they need to, they, they're better. And maybe they are better. But at the end of the day, your respect is such a big thing that I think a lot of people forget to teach. I, I am I'm a, such a firm believer about respect to the voice and, and to the legends of this business. I, I don't care if the guy might have sucked or whatever. He did something. He was in this business for a reason. He had something to offer. Learn from whatever he had to offer. Don't dog him because you didn't like him. You know, don't go sit there and criticize him. And, and a lot of people do that. A lot of people just, oh, well, this guy is easy. And no one remembers him. And trust me, there's a hundred thousand other people that remember him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's great to be John Cena. You know, it's great to be Roman Reigns or Chris Jericho or freaking the Bucks or Cody or fucking um, Kenta or. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, it, it, I would love to have a career like Huge and Thunder Liger, but I don't. You know what I'm saying? But I remember guys like uh, Bobby Horowitz, and I remember guys like Bob Cook, and I remember guys like Brook and Ball, because those set the tone for other guys to be better. You know what I'm saying? So I learned from everyone, everyone, from your enhancement talent or your jobber, whatever you want to call them. You learn from everybody because – the jobbers that they call them made the superstars. Without a jobber, you have a superstar. There's no superstar. Because if not, then you have all these superstars and, and how you a superstar. You, you know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I would like. I think in five years, I think I think I would like to keep I would like to keep on teaching and and teaching the respect of not only the business but the people who are putting their sweat and their tears and their blood. And I know it's a cliche, because that's cliche. Blood, sweat, and tears. It's a cliche. But at the end of the day, man, my time, my blood, my sweat, my tears, you know, I sacrificed part of my family for this business, you know? And 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 other guys have done it too. So we should give everyone that same respect. 
you know, we're all a brotherhood. Let's keep it that way, you know? I understand, man. No, definitely, definitely agree with the, you know, respect to everyone that's helped pave the way, man, from the opener to the main event, 100%. Um, you talked about the, the school here. Any, any update on, on the school where that might be located? Any, any ETA? Um, well, as of right now, uh, I believe, like I said, I have my school. It's not the biggest. Uh, it's not the most, what's the word, you know? I don't have the state-of-the-art building and the machinery and stuff, but one thing you have is good times, great wrestling. It's in my yard. Uh, I have a nice little 60 by 60 ring. Uh, started wrestling training about a year from now. A uh, year, year ago, started retraining, you know, guys. And uh, uh, like I said, the ring's there. My, I live in Hudson. Just hit me up on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Look for Hound Dog. Search Hound Dog. My name still pops up as Hound Dog. Um, you know, the Dog Pound Academy is still open. Like I said, we're not this big old building and stuff, you know. At the end of the day, you know, some of the guys, I trained in a place like my house. I trained in a place just like this with a property and Sometimes it was drizzling and we were training. Sometimes it was raining and it was raining, you know, and um, it's not where you train, it's who you train by and how much they put their time on you, you know. You were mentioning uh, Bob Cook before. Now, you guys battled in a tag match over, over at the Armory. How was it wrestling over at the Armory? Um, I, you know, again, I've had, I've never been nervous when I wrestled. Uh, I will say I was very nervous at the Armory because of the history in the Armory. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. And if and if Bob Cook wants a rematch, the the Hound Dog or Severus or even Luscious Lola Star, which is my other little gimmick, uh, would love to give him a chance. <laughs> you know, even though he won, even though he won, I will I wouldn't mind the chance of you know getting a little you know payback on him. But yeah. Hold on, wait, tell me more about this. What did you say? Let's just Lola Star? Okay, yeah, let's just Lola Star. So, um, I know a lot of the boys, some of the boys in the back know that I do this thing like this and I talk like this because, you know, Lola is so perfect. Uh, so, technically, it's a drag queen. It's simple. He's a drag queen that likes to have fun. Uh, and it's only come out once. Uh, I wrestled at Omega. Um, it's an Alpha Omega Wrestling uh, with, uh, you know, Manny Gonzalez. And uh, I told him, I was like, hey, I got the perfect character for the show. And he goes, what? And I go, he's a drag queen. He's like, I'm sold. <laughs> and I was like, all right, good. So I got all this stuff. Um, and uh, it was well worth it. It was very fun. Uh, again, I need the hair again for it because it was gonna work. If I don't, if I don't have my hair, it's not gonna work. But uh, yeah, uh, she's uh, very energetic and loves to have fun, party, and maybe kiss a few guys. That's only Lola, all right. <laughs> uh, will, we, will we see the return of Lola someday in the future? If anyone wants to book luscious Lola Star, she might come out just for the right price. <laughs> Very, very nice. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's do a little role play here. Uh, it's the end of a show. Someone walks up to you. They're young. They're saying, hey, I want to get in the business. 
what kind of advice do you give someone just starting out? Well, tell them the same thing I told my son. Go to school, graduate, get that education. Wrestling is so hard for you to be successful. But if that is your dream, you can still have your cake and your ice cream and eat both of them. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you have your education, something that you can fall back on. And do your wrestling. Do them both. What, uh, when, when can we expect the debut of Hound Dog Jr.? Um, it's hard because uh, my, my baby dog is uh, stubborn as a mule. He's like a, a pit bull that just won't listen. And even if you hit him a few times with the freaking uh, <laughs> with the, <laughs> the newspaper, he won't listen. But um, he's 17 right now. Um, I'd say maybe six months. Six more months, he should be ready to go and have a couple matches, you know? Hopefully we'll have some shows going on by then, man. Um, yeah. any, any plugs anywhere people can find you online? If you want to reach out to the Hound Dog. Right now, I, I, I really don't, I, listen, I'm, I'm not a big fan of social media. Not because I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a computer savvy guy. Like, you give me a good PS4, I can, I can play the crap out of that. You get a computer, I'm going to look at you like you're stupid. But the only place you can find me, unless you go to direct shows or you need to send me something, it's always on Facebook. Uh, I have a, uh, uh, what do you call that? Instagram. See, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I have an Instagram. I don't even know the, the username on it, but if you need to find me, just find me on Facebook. And if anything, I can give you Instagram or anything. Uh, you look them up on MySpace and LinkedIn. Uh, oh, bro, my MySpace is old. <laughs> I don't even know how to even get on it. My wife just found hers the other day. Yeah, I have some old, yeah, my old photos are still, like, half my old photos are still up there, so yeah, look it up. Awful. <laughs> any, any, any final words to the uh, listeners or watchers out there, my buddy? You know, uh, this is the only thing I want to say to close it off for the dog. Um, I'm an equal opportunist person. Uh, with that being said, I mean, I mean by that, by love everyone. Love everyone. Hate is so such a bad word. Hate is such a negative thing. And life's too short for that. Like I, this year alone, before the coronavirus even really hit, I lost three family members. So what I'm gonna say is love everybody. Make sure you tell people I love you. Hey, Jordan, I love you. I love everybody. I love all the guys that listen. Listen, I've I've come to realize that I love all the guys that like me. I love all the guys that hate me. I I love all the guys that try to do me dirty. I love all the guys that try to help me. I love everyone. I love the fish that are in the water. I love the trees that's in my house. I love my TV that's in front of me. Hell, I even love the pens that are right here. You know, I don't care. I love everything. At this point, life is too short to worry about hate, greed, and all that stuff. We need to start worrying about helping the next neighbor, loving everyone. You know what I'm saying? I love every person I know. Even if I don't like them, I still got love for them. Life is too short to concentrate and live on hate. Hate is such a bad word. I want all you people out there to remember that, man. The guy in the corner, yo, you might not like him. Something happened, give him a hand because when you're down, he might be the same one that give you a piece of bread. You never know. Hate is such a bad thing. 
Well, you know what? I love you, and I love that sentiment. It's a great way to end this, man. Uh, more love in your heart, man, to the fellow man. Like you say, you never know. Uh, you know what, guys? That that was KFM Corner this week. That was the Puerto Rican Hound Dog. Always a pleasure to see you, my man. Hopefully, I can see that beautiful face in real life sometime soon. Uh, that soon. was Puerto Rican Hound Dog. Without the, without the people going <laughs> everywhere, yeah. Yeah, no, without, without a face mask one day. We can only hope. Uh, <laughs> I'm, of course, JPO Jordan Pearson. This was K Fabe Corner, and as always, keep it K Fabe.